never be. That sounds like a good thing. Right, welcome to the Calm Chef podcast. My name is Jack. Today I'm joined by Eloise, and we're discussing the recent post on thecalmchef.co.uk, uh, the awful truth about nose-to-tail cooking. This is something that Eloise herself is very passionate about, is not wasting any food, is making sure that we're using the whole, the whole animal. I mean, you yourself, Louise, are a vegetarian. Well, attempting vegetarian. A attempting vegetarian, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a difficult one. I mean, I did it for a year. Um, I did it February to February, and that allowed me to really get to grips with actually what's going on. And I think I have a different perspective on the whole mm-hmm. system as a point. I mean, I used to be a big meat fan. I used to have, you know, half of my dinner was a steak, mm. you know. Um, I do think that um, it's a case of we need to be more aware of what we're eating, not necessarily... I'm not one of those people who are going to shove it down your throats that we, oh, killing animals is bad, killing animals is bad, because, you know, at the end of the day, the lion doesn't feel guilty over killing the gazelle. We are designed no, to be... done it. Is it omnivores? Yeah. Yeah, omnivores. <laughs> we eat everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then, then that does coincide with animals. But I think we've taken it to the extreme where we've got pigs, you know... Cows outnumber humans. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's ridiculous the amount of animals we actually have in not necessarily slaughterhouses, but like, like producing Mass the amount of CO two. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it, cows are one of the. I think it's they produce the largest amount of CO two or greenhouse gases for any living organism. Mm-hmm. You know, cars and all that aside, cows themselves. I think agriculture. We uh, the whole agricultural system produces about. 15% yeah. of the, the global greenhouse gas production. Mm-hmm. I think it just that terms alone is enough for us to go, hang on a minute, fuck, do I really need half my plate to be steak? Yeah, this much. It should be something that's special. If we're eating it, we should, like 50 years ago, 100 years ago, it, you would have had it maybe once a week. If you had it, you would have eaten every part of it and it would have been a treat. Whereas now... People just eat such excess. Like, you go to Nando's and people will order a whole chicken. (laughs) It's a a whole chicken. Yeah. I mean, we went to for a roast the other day and, like, Catherine ordered a chicken roast and she thought, oh, this would be nice. And it came out with half a chicken. It's like, who needs half a chicken on their plate? (laughs) You know, you need a bit of pork belly or a bit, you know, yeah, keep it to a third of the plate. Mm -hmm. My my rule is trying to keep it to a third of the plate. Yeah, yeah, if that. See, I'll eat meat sometimes if I'm out and it will be a special treat. But at home, say, I would eat mainly vegetarian and even that if you're cutting down on it oh hang on we've got a visitor yeah no keep going keep going <laughs> but yeah if you're cutting down on it at home you're still making a massive difference even if you are eating it at home oh we've got someone coming to the door Goings on of a restaurant, deliveries and all that. Nothing, anything very exciting? No, just in the butcher. (laughs) Good. Very apt topic, really. I should have got him involved. Oh, um, yeah. But, yeah, no, it's exactly right. I think as humans, we do eat too much meat Mm -hmm. as a whole. I mean, the, I think it's like uh, the same amount of lentils to beef, going back to the CO2 emissions, Mm -hmm. it's 300% more CO2 emissions to produce beef than it is to produce lentils and you get the same amount of protein Mm -hmm. and yeah everyone I think a lot of people have this misconception that you can only get it from meat and you know the oh you're vegan are you unhealthy or that you know the washed out kind of pale vegan that people 
Yeah, I think it doesn't help that a lot of vegans go into being a vegan having this perception of, or, I mean, there's so many like, oh, I'm going to lose weight or anything like that. Well, yeah. that's not true. Sugar is vegan. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those things, you know, you're looking for more natural things, which is granted, mm-hmm. but I actually do find a lot of healthier options. And I think a lot of this perception of, as you said, washed out pale vegans that are really scrawny. That's not true. No. Bodybuilders are vegans. Yeah, yeah, you know? definitely. The majority of a bodybuilder's diet is protein. And the, the easiest and quickest way to get protein without fat is from either tuna or is from lentils, proteins, or protein shakes. Mm-hmm. And the majority of protein shakes are actually vegan friendly. Yeah. And they're all, well, vegan or vegetarian. I mean, you've got a lot of milk proteins and mm-hmm. stuff like that in there. But... I mean, getting down to it, I don't think we need to be killing. I mean, we're killing 56 billion animals a year. No, it's excessive, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, is it 66? I had it. I think. Yeah, yeah 56 billion animals a year. Is, uh... By the way, don't take what we're saying for granted. This could change. I could have got it from a stupid website. But roughly <laughs> the figures are the same. The figures are going to be... This is maybe overestimations, but we're killing a lot. And mm-hmm. this is a massive issue. I mean, I think cars are about 25% of the emissions, emissions. Mm-hmm. like I mean when you've got animals that are going 15 then that's just for like a small part of our diet mm-hmm. is this something we really need in this day and age mm-hmm. you know and it's all going to waste as well I mean yeah what is it you said like 30% of the animal is going to waste well yeah I mean and that is you get the occasional restaurant that's going to do they'll have either you know, offal on the menu or, mm-hmm. you know, they'll use every single part of the animal. But I've worked in so many places where it's like either the animal comes in pre-butchered, mm-hmm. which usually means that, you know, let's take a chicken, for example. If a restaurant orders, you know, 50, you know, or say you want enough portions of wings and you sell four portions of wings, mm-hmm. that for every two wings, that's one chicken. Mm-hmm. So that's fine. The wings get used. The breasts, generally they'll get sold, the legs and the thighs. But what happens to the rest of the animal? That animal has so much meat on it. What about the offal, the livers and stuff like that, chicken livers? It all does get used. But when you bring it to beef, mm-hmm. I mean, h- how many people use beef liver or heart? Yeah. How, how many times have you heard that in a restaurant, like beef heart or beef liver? Perfectly edible. You know, you know there might be some you know, differences to the size and how you can produce it, but there should be ways that we can find that we can take offal, on a larger scale, and we can get it into the supermarkets. Yeah, because it's just not mass produced now. You do some, you see liver, and that's about as far as it goes, isn't it? Yeah, you know, I mean, you ask someone to name an offal, a type of offal, they're going to go liver. Mm-hmm. Well, you've got brain trotters, you know, you can not necessarily skin, but we can use it for leather. Mm-hmm. And there's that argument again is like, should vegetarians or vegans, I think it is, the vegetarians, I think, is the main one, because mm-hmm. vegans just don't have leather at all. Mm-hmm. But like, to say that you're not is, disrespecting the animal yeah. to an extent because that animal's already dead mm-hmm. let's be real about this the amount of meat that we consume you know there's enough leather to probably cover the globe yeah. you know, in a space of like a year yeah that's a ridiculous amount of, of hide going to waste I mean you don't see everyone wearing leather jackets leather's just so expensive I know it takes time to produce and stuff like that but that's a waste if we're not and you know biofuels yeah. that's coming in that, that is coming in and using Stuff like, I mean, I think at the minute they use fecal matter, but you, you could use bones and food waste like that. I suppose we can use it for this sort of thing. And maybe we should be putting research into that instead of all this coal energy and stuff like that. Mm. You know, that's going to help our atmosphere even more. You know, we burn, we burn a lot, but actually burning 
something sustainable, something It's going to be better than burning something like coal, which is producing a lot of CO2, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, I mean, let's go, let's go to the supermarkets. I mean, when was the last time you walked in a supermarket and saw awful? No, you just don't see it. I mean, the supermarkets are probably... Because it is normalising it, isn't it? Because people... Obviously, the supermarkets don't sell it because it's not worth them selling it because people just won't buy it. So I think it's... Even if they started selling it, it's about changing people's perceptions to not thinking it's gross. Because, yeah, people don't think about it on their sausages, do they? They don't even... That's exactly it. But that's fine. But then if you... Like, most people I know, you'll go out and they would take the black pudding off the menu because it's gross because the blood's gross, or the same with haggis. And like most of my friends would be like that, or wouldn't even meet, eat meat off the bone. Like, they would That's only one eat that gets it, me. Yeah, if it doesn't look at all like an animal. And I think it's changing that perception, and people don't like it. I've had so many conversations with people, and they'll get uncomfortable about the idea of talking about it, and be like, I just don't want to talk about it, I don't want to think about it, but then we'll come back with a chicken and bacon salad for lunch. And it just is, it's illogical. <laughs> <laughs> what was that word you used yesterday? McDonaldization or? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's more, because thought... who said that? It was Ritzer, I think. And he was, he looked at like, what he took McDonald's as like an example mm. um, of like the rest of society. So about like food production. I can't remember what the, four, there's four main ports, points, but I can't remember what they are. Um, but if you just took it in the food industry, say, yeah. it is just, they mass produce things. I mean, some parts of the animal don't even make it over. So say they're, you know, sending our chicken over from South Africa or wherever they're sending it from, they won't even send the whole chicken because it's not being used, but then they're losing money because they're not even selling the whole animal. Well, that's it, and isn't it? It's because it's just not, you know, it's not efficient. They don't, but it should be efficient. And that's the, I don't know, it just doesn't really make that much sense. Well, I mean, going to the chicken, McDonald's had this whole campaign, I mean, well, it must have been when I was a kid, so you're talking about 10, 15 years ago, where it was... All of our chicken nuggets are 100% breast only. Mm-hmm. People got very squeamish when they found out that it was all sorts of chicken going into... Those, those nuggets were perfectly edible. Mm-hmm. There was nothing to do with the government telling McDonald's, no, you can't do this. Mm-hmm. This is perfectly legal for you to do. Everyone just got extremely squeamish. And there was rumours going around the beaks in that. You can't eat a chicken beak. Let's, let's oh, be honest. Yeah, Do you remember that? Was, yeah. Everyone was scared of McDonald's chicken nuggets <laughs> for about five years. And then McDonald's were like, oh, we should probably change this. Let's go. Oh, 100% chicken breast. That's okay now, yeah. But what about the rest of that chicken? Mm-hmm. The amount of chicken nuggets sold worldwide, I'm pretty sure we don't eat the rest of the dark meat. And that's the tastiest bit as well. Like, it's, Oh, it is. Yeah. Like, I mean, like going back, this is like terrible of you to say on this whole thing of waste, but like every time I peel a chicken or roast a chicken, the oysters underneath. <gasps> oh, they're so good. Yeah. That's the best bit of the chicken. Mm-hmm. I was having a conversation with Danielle the other day about this. It's like the best thing about peeling a chicken. Like yeah. that's why I always used to take the job at home if I could. Mm-hmm. You get the oysters underneath. Yeah. I never even knew what they were until I actually, I had them in a restaurant um, Oh, in Berry, a really nice, I can't remember what it's called. One of those fancy places. Yeah, it was, but it was really lovely. And they, yeah. you know, they had all the menu. They had a lot of often on the menu. And there I had the, but I didn't know what it was. I didn't, I had to Google it and be like, what is this? And I didn't, but it's tasty, isn't it? It and is now, good. They're now like so moist chicken. and sucking. Because it yeah. sits underneath, when you're cooking it generally, you cook it with that facing down. So mm-hmm. it's sitting in a lot of the moisture. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's, it's little stuff. Like, I mean... We here at Blue Joanna, I mean, we're not the best for it. I mean, in the past, I've brought in a pig's head. I had pig's head on the menu for a while. Was it popular? Um, it was, actually. Mm-hmm. I had to rename it as pig's cheek. Oh, yeah. Just... But, if, you know, the way you, the way you would cook pig's cheek is to either cut that tiny bit of meat off the bone or boil it and then peel it off. Mm-hmm. And generally, 
there's, there's there, the meat on a pig's head. Once cooked correctly, you know, you, you put aniseed in there, cloves, you know, some, you know, all sorts of sarinese, some spices, a few chilies, that meat, boil it for a couple of hours and you've got the most tender meat you'll ever have. Mm. I mean, I, 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 we cook um, pork shoulder and beef brisket. Generally, they're quite popular ones, depending where you go. America, they're really popular. Yeah. America's good for this barbecue, I think. Yeah, they like all of their barbecue. Slow cooked, real take care and pride in what they do. It's not the awful, but it's, you know, it's not your sirloin, ribeye, or rump steak from Tesco. Yeah. They're the only three options that you have, apparently. Well, I'm sorry, but that animal is huge. Why are we getting three cuts Where's from this animal? Where's the rest of it going, yeah. Where's the rest of this animal going, you know? I mean, I don't think half the people listening will be all, all five people listening to this podcast <laughs> right now. I mean, we've got six listeners last week, which was Really? Good. Yeah, six listeners. Cool. Or, um, available on anchor.com. <laughs> you know, or uh, .com or something like that. It's like the Anchor app. You can find it in the App Store or on Android. There we go. <laughs> Little plug in there for that. But uh, it's, it's, it's a case of everyone gets so fussy and they in such... They're in their ways. They, they know what they like and they like what they know. Mm. That's my favourite little quote from an old Norfolk man. <laughs> I, I, lo- I know what I like and I like what I know. <laughs> I'm not changing. And I think that's one of the biggest problems I've had here at, at the restaurant is trying to get change people's perceptions mm. on different items on the menu, which might, you, you know, you, let's be honest, you have, you know, I could take a, a, a hub a beef, a heart of beef, and I could cook that and I could put it into an amazing taco. You know, we can have all sorts of flavors going on to counteract the richness of the beef, maybe some red miso going through it as mm-hmm. well, maybe a couple of sharp pickles to go alongside it. That's got a lovely taco. Mm-hmm. But I bet you, if people heard beef heart taco, they're going to go, nah. I wonder if you just called it like beef taco though, because I mean, it is still beef. Whether it is beef, but yeah. then there's that, 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 like, are we mis selling them a product? Yeah, and then it'll be like the McDonald's nuggets. Exactly. <laughs> Did you hear that Blue Joanna do. Beef heart tacos. It's <laughs> terrible. They sell it as beef. Yeah, we can't. Yeah, it's, it's one of the things is we need to change the way people think about the food. We need to go right. People really enjoy this cut. Let's get a slightly cheaper cut. And it's not necessarily about being cheaper or more expensive. It's about generally they're cheaper because they're not used. Mm-hmm. And I think the more I mean, the supermarkets only supply what we demand. Yeah, exactly. And we need to really push for. Stuff like offal to be used. We at the minute you can't get any any offal unless you go to a butcher. Mm-hmm. Occasionally you'll find frozen chicken livers, but like, is this a world that we really want to be living in, where we're killing an animal only using seventy percent of it and then throwing the rest in landfill? Mm-hmm. Or you know, some people do other using. You know, it gets used in dog food or it gets made into stocks. But the amount of meat that we go through to the ratio of meat that's used in stocks is ridiculous because there's got to be, it's, it, it doesn't add up. No. You, know, you don't get a massive, massive amount out of stock. It's convenience though, isn't it? It's just convenience food. People don't want to do it. I mean, I'll, I've had it with one of my friends at uni, actually. We'd, we'd got a roast chicken and she'd, and I always was the one who stripped the chicken. And one day I said, no, you can do it. Again, for the same point, they didn't like doing it. And um, in the end, she did it. And then I went and I saw it in the bin. And she'd taken about a quarter of the meat off it and then just chucked it in the bin. And I nearly cried. I was like, 
what are you doing? But it is some, and even I've done that sometimes. I'll leave it and think, oh, I'll make a stock. And then I have gone, oh, I can't be bothered. And I've thrown it in the bin. But that shouldn't be, that's not okay. It shouldn't really be. But that's where we're coming from. We're not coming from a place of preaching no. how this is how it should be done. We do it perfectly every time because we don't. No, it's you know, just and, and it is. It's, it's just being aware that something has died. Mm. For you to eat that bacon sandwich, or yeah. you know, for you to have that fourteen ounce steak, that is a yeah, that is a dead animal, and you should know it, and you should be. If you can't deal with that, you shouldn't be eating it. And I do think that comes. Yeah, exactly. That's that's my that's the same point that I try and bring home to everyone is that should you there should be a thing should you eat meat if you can't kill that animal? Oh yeah, this is one of those. See, for yeah. me, I know that that animal. You know, if I'm killing an animal, it's not going to be some puppy on the street. It's a pig. Let's be honest. Pigs, beef... Pigs are intelligent, though. Pigs are intelligent, yeah, yeah. But they're the only reason that they have been bred to the extent that they have. The same with Mm -hmm. the cows is because we eat them. Yeah, and if they're grass-fed... And I think it's the whole just mass production that is wrong. Like, if they were all... If I... I don't eat meat at home because I can't afford to go and buy good quality meat. Or I just wouldn't choose to. I'd rather just eat vegetables. But really, it is just eating high quality. Like, if we were eating grass-fed animals, like, it's really great. And I was reading a really good Guardian article about it, about why being vegan was wrong, and it was from this couple who had a farm in Sussex, and they changed it to be, like, an organic grass-fed farm, and all the biodiversity that came from that as well, from the animals just, you know, being grass-fed and being out in the farm, roaming, doing what they want, and then at the end of their life, they're killed, and I think that's, yeah, that's kind of fair enough. It's like the idea, you know, those videos where you see the chickens and they're piled on top of each other, just having as much food as they want and their legs breaking because they've got that's, so fat. Yeah, that is disgusting. And like, that's... The, the treatment of some yeah. animals in some places. And lack of regulation, like, I yeah. don't know if it's going to get where it's going to go in the country in terms of that. I think it's getting better. I think more and more people are going to the butcher. Mm-hmm. This new wave of independence, independent yeah. business is coming forward and people are going... Do I really want to go and buy a watered-down, you know, chicken breast from Tesco's, mm-hmm. where they they actually inject water to it? Oh yeah, to make to up the weight, mm-hmm. they inject water. That's why when you cook a chicken breast from the butcher opposed to one from Tesco's, you end up with about a third less meat. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not meat; it's water because those chickens weren't allowed to roam around. They weren't allowed. They were fat, and that's fat that goes on the chicken. It's not meat. Mm-hmm. I think people un- don't quite get that that. If you're going to sit there and keep, keep feeding chickens, keep feeding chickens, and then kill them, well, if you just let that chicken roam around, it, it might be leaner, on. but at the end of the day, when you cook it, there's less water, there's less fat in that, mm-hmm. that piece of meat. You know, and I think, I think it's changing. I think we're going to see, in the next five to ten years, we're going to see big supermarkets dying out and independents coming forward. And I think those independents are going to be easier to find either less meat... Or high quality meat. Yeah, because they'll just have to change as consumers are changing, which they are. Like people are changing. Look at how many people people are becoming more conscious and aware of it. I do think. And Norwich seems quite good for it. I mean, there's not hardly. There's one. Is there one McDonald's in town? Uh, we have two in town. Two, but it doesn't. When you walk around, compared to some other towns, even in Ipswich, there's about five Greggs and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I say. <laughs> I think we have we have two two or three Greggs. I think it might be two. I think I changed one of them. 
you know, we have subways and we we do have fast food and but mm, there's more independent shops. Yeah, if you go to London, every street corner there's the McDonald's or a Burger King or you know Five Guys, and it, mm. it's not a case of us preaching. You know, yeah, go for your McDonald's. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, wow. do this. You know, depending. This is your view on how it how McDonald's runs a company is another story. I but I just don't like it. I don't think it's that good. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, you always feel crap afterwards, don't you? Mm. Like, it's that, that, that sort of feeling really hungry. It's like when you go for a really bad Chinese and you, you eat that Chinese and you feel <laughs> stuffed and then later on... Oh, the phone's ringing. See, this is the problem of uh, recording it at one in the afternoon instead of one in the morning. The previous podcast we actually filmed here at Blue Joanna at one in the morning, just... <laughs> and then we get the answer phone. Just uh, answer it. Sure. I'll, I'll continue talking for a bit. So yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you've got to consider, got to consider everything that we're eating. You've got to consider where we're getting our meat from. You've got to consider what is this ethically done meat? Mm-hmm. You know, there was this couple of scandals a couple of years ago. It seemed to hit the news every week. The the, the local slaughterhouse was abusing their animals, or you know, the, I, I can't remember. I don't want to say any names just in case I get the wrong one, but. You know, this local ham producer was their cows were beaten. Mm. You know, I've had plenty of times in previous restaurants I've worked where we've had whole chickens delivered, and where you cut through the joints, you can tell when a chicken has been abused, and it's it's really sad to think because mm. as soon as a, it, it it is because when the chicken is alive and it's it's beaten and it's bruised, it bursts blood vessels, and then when you do kill that chicken and you cook the meat, that blood vessel doesn't go away. So when yeah. you're peeling a chicken. And you look at the joints, and around the meat, it's red. It's not yeah, undercooked. Yeah. It's completely fine. It's completely cooked. It's just a case of that's bruising, you know, only when you find broken bones and stuff like that. That's just horrific to, to think about. Where you can go to your butcher, right? I do know there's this whole thing about cheap meat and versus, you know, we can't afford it. If you can't afford it, don't have it. Yeah, and like things, other things are really cheap, like pulses and stuff are really right, cheap. There lentils. Is, there are alternatives. I think it's a bit of a myth that, obviously, oh, I remember seeing something. It was like, you can go and get, I don't know, like however many thousands of calories from a pack of custard creams opposed to like 50 from, you know, the same amount of spinach for the same price. But it's like, there are cheap foods. Like we went and did a shop. I mean, for 20 quid, we'd got like so many lentils, bulgur wheat, couscous, all this like really filling stuff and loads of vegetables and that was still for, like, £20. That's it. I mean, uh, there's a couple of YouTubers I watch called The Brothers Green. Mm. Brothers Green Eats, I think mm-hmm. they're called. Um, if you do get a chance, go look at them. On this subject, they are amazing. They do. They did this whole sort of living on $1 a day. Oh, it's American yeah, guys. I think he I went viral. That. One of them yeah, went yeah. viral for that, but it's on their joint channel. But they do, they're consistently doing a really nice Chinese meal for the same price as a takeaway Chinese. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are going, oh, I can't afford that. Then they go out to eat McDonald's. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, at the end of the day, what do you get at McDonald's? You get, if you're going and you eat a lot, like me, if I'm going, I'm going to go have uh, the biggest burger I can, a large portion of fries, and a Coke. That comes to about six quid. It's not cheap anymore. No, that's and these, like a these normal families meal. that are saying, oh, we can't afford to go shop at Waitrose, don't shop at Waitrose. I'm not telling you to shop at Waitrose. Mm-hmm. We're saying, take that six quid that you would have spent on one person's meal, I mean, you can go anywhere and find something that's equally substantial and the same price, if not cheaper. 
Mm-hmm. You could feed, I mean, I think Jamie Oliver did it as well, where you feed a family off, like... Feed four for five or whatever. And exactly, his books that do that, you know, 30-minute meals kitchen. and 15-minute meals. Have you seen that one? There's Mob Kitchen, which do feed four for a tenner. That's going quite big at the minute, they've just got a book out. And um, Miguel Barkley does his one-pound meals. Yeah. And they're like... They're brilliant books. Mm-hmm. And it's all about buying in bulk, using your freezer wisely using dry foods where you can I mean you can go buy a pack of Uncle Ben's microwave rice this is one of my big things mm-hmm. like, I'm so lazy to the point I mean we discussed this in previous video to the last it's, it's, it's a case of I I don't want to cook when I go home yeah you know but then I have been I'm, I'm quite an exception to the fact that I've been cooking food at Blue Joanna for ages I'll go <laughs> home I don't want to spend another half hour waiting to boil some rice mm-hmm. so I'll use a microwave rice well that packet of microwave rice maybe costs you one to two quid depending what brand or where you get it yeah you can buy about 10 times the amount of rice and cook it yourself in 15 minutes and, and just I, leave it I on feel the hob. so guilty every yeah. time I go and turn the microwave on and put this packet of rice in and I'm standing there going what am I doing mm-hmm. but like it is a case of time time over money and yeah, I've made that working, decision for yeah. me you know I've made that decision that I'm going to have this microwave rice because and that's what I take and I know that I can do that but there are some people that will be like, oh, I can't, I don't have time to cook rice. I'm going to go to McDonald's instead. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to go buy chicken nuggets from Iceland and chips for my kids. And then they wonder why half of Britain's obese. I know. And that's the thing. It is a problem. It's not because, you know, you always get that argument back that it's not as easy as that when you've been brought up. Like, it's really easy to sit here and say, just go buy lentils. But like, people won't just go do that. But no. then at the same time, something has to change. Like, there is going to be a ma- there is a health crisis like what is going to happen we haven't obesity is the biggest crisis in the UK at the minute like in terms of health yeah. what are we going to so in America as well I mean you've got yeah. to think of it as, as a large scale yeah like why are we our population is just getting more and more unhealthy diabetes mm-hmm. and all, but there's so many foods out there if you read about it there's so many health foods and there's so many superfoods and there's so many like if you eat certain things at certain times it actually allows you to... I mean, there were cases of people changing their diets who have had terrible diets and become diabetic. Mm-hmm. There are so many cases that people change what they're eating and change how they're eating it and change when they're eating it and the amounts. And they... they, they I mean, there are mild cases of diabetes. It's not a curable disease. It is a case of becoming a diabetic who's on a lot of medication yeah. and a diabetic who's managing their diet. Yeah, and then you don't, yeah, when they lose their symptoms and things like that. Exactly, yeah. you know, you don't become seriously ill, it adds years to your life. And why is it a case of you have to get diabetes for people to understand this? Yeah, it I've seen so many people who are health, health nuts because of they had diabetes, they got diabetes. But why did they have to get to that? Mm-hmm. And why are we so uneducated to the fact that you don't know how to cook? Yeah, it's just like going to uni, for example, it's everyone kind of has it in their first year I mean I always cooked so I'd always and people would think it was impressive that I'd be making like an omelette and it would just be like baby beans <laughs> oh my god how are you doing that with those eggs <laughs> it's, it is a case I mean I'm I, I'm a chef I, I knew I wanted to be a chef when I was 10 mm-hmm. all my life I've wanted to be a chef so I knew how to cook but I've had so many friends who in high school were just no chefs and either they went home and ate with them my parents were making or they had fast food mm-hmm. you know and it gets to the point of where there are so many kids these days that leave high school with kids yeah looking at the big I, everyone's very oh yeah but it's not like let's be pessimistic about this <laughs> let's look at the worst case scenario 
you leave high school, you don't go to university, how can you look after yourself? You don't go to further education. After 18, you don't have to. I do think, though, that you don't lie. I know people who've had kids young and they've been perfectly great mothers. And Oh, no, that's not yeah. what I'm saying. I'm saying the educational system is failing us in the fact uh, that we're leaving. And not being able and to look after us. they much. all assume. The best case scenario, that's the all... Yeah, I, no, one, no one leaves high school thinking, I want to be a bin man. Sorry to those, like, five people who do leave high Paid school. Paid well, though. It does pay well. But no, everyone wants to be the president, but no one can, mm. if that makes sense. We need to have a realistic view on our kids' futures. You know, shoot for the stars by all means, but just be prepared for when you don't make it. Be prepared for when you have to. You know, someone always has to do the jobs that no one wants to do. You know, some people are happy doing that, and that's completely fine. But if we're leaving high school with a, an education that's not teaching us to look after ourselves, not teaching us to cook, Mm-hmm. Not teaching us to pay bills. I left. I started. I was like, no idea how to pay bills. I had to learn that for myself. But I wish back in the day that someone had told me on my last year that it was an extra hour added in once a week that you were given a life lesson of how to actually look after yourself. And maybe this problem of obesity could be solved. Mm-hmm. Because it's not necessarily a case of people choosing to eat bad food. It's a case of they didn't know how to cook for themselves. So now, as they're getting older they're going to eat bad food because they don't know how to cook good food. Yeah, and it's if you... And then they feed their kids bad food and Mm. their kids get... And it becomes a habit and it becomes this circle of, I can't cook, so I'm not going to teach my kids to cook and they're not going to teach their kids to cook. Where does the line end? And what's funny with this, though, is that it's such a recent thing. Like, you would think, looking at the size of it, that this is how it's always been, but it's only... We didn't even have any of, like, fast food until, what, post... Post Second World War, it didn't even really start becoming yeah, really I mean, popular. I don't so, think meat was a massive portion on the plate. No, then. Anyway. I mean, you couldn't get meat, and and we just didn't. You wouldn't go and get chicken nuggets and things like that in the shop. You just wouldn't go and get like ready pack. You know, you go into Morrison's and it's fifty p for five donuts and things like that. It's it is so accessible now, but I don't know. It's only a few generations. It seemed that we've actually had it, and it's got you know from where did it start with things like spam and the war we had like those tin sort of meats and things like that but surely but I don't know I don't understand unless the supermarkets change in general but then people have to want to change but yeah that's, that's that goes you know, you know, supermarkets are only supply what we demand and mm-hmm. if, if people are keep demanding crap food watered down meat you know abused cheap, cheap meat. meat that's it cheap yeah. Everyone would rather spend their money on the latest iPhone than they would food for their kids. Mm-hmm. Right, it sounds harsh. A lot of people are going to hate me for saying it, but that's true. I mean, it's one of those facts that no one wants to hear. That mm. there, are, there are people. I know there are people out there who do look after everyone and they, they look after their families and they put everything first. But I'm seeing it more and more. Is mm. that people would rather spend their money on other things. And I think it, but it's just... Because you can be classed as in relative poverty if you're at school, say, as a kid and you don't have certain things like a yeah. phone or a game. And it is kind of the keeping up with the Joneses. Like, things are moving and you want to kind of be with it. So I don't... It's not that people don't think it's important, but... Or not that... I don't know. People's priorities. Are, it, what is yeah. important has changed. And when you're working all the time, like I had it, when I worked to nine to five, I would get home and I just... I couldn't be bothered to cook. I would just go and get, like, a ready-made fish cake and I'd have it with some salad, a bag of ready-made salad go to Waitrose or Sainsbury's, spend a fiver because I just couldn't be bothered. And it is just 
maybe we need to like work less. if we were working less people might have more time to actually do those things yeah. and especially talking in terms of like nose to tail you know, you're, like you say, a lot of that you might have to spend more time prepping. You are going to have to learn about it. Like, I wouldn't know how to go cook any offal. Like, I wouldn't know how to do it. I would... Today, I was having a look at recipes and seeing it, like, different, you know, different things. And it's, you know, some of it sounded really nice. But, I don't know, people don't have the time. No. And mm. it is a sad case, is that... I think people do. I mean, I'm always going to be an advocate for this. Mm. Time is the most important ingredient in the only kitchen. yeah. And I think, you know, I've written a blog on it in the past. And I believe that everyone has time. You know, everyone's got a slow cooker. You know, you can take True. cheap meats and, and you can chuck it with a bit of wine or stock or whatever in a, in a slow cooker in the morning before you go to work. Stick on a slow cooker. And by the time you come back, it's done. Yeah. And then you don't have to go out and buy ready-made stuff because you've got something ready-made. It's that little bit of effort. That 10 minutes of prep in that the morning. That 10 minutes. Which, you know, everyone doesn't have. Everyone's got busy or, lives. Or you have, but you just choose, you can't be bothered. I think that's it, isn't it? You just can't... Obviously, you have the time because you've got time to sit. I'll sit, go back and watch TV for two hours. So I do obviously have the time. I could have made a whole roast and it wouldn't, you know, I could have nipped into the kitchen. And generally, I do cook in the van. Obviously, mm. we don't have a microwave. We don't have a slow cooker. We just cook, I don't know what we cook, veggies, veg fried rice. <laughs> just, just to clarify to people listening that Eloise does um, currently live in the van um, just out of... Oh yeah, yeah, bit of context. A bit there. of context to that <laughs> in the van. So she does. She she, she she doesn't live in a house. She does live in a van. She lives off mainly a lot of. Uh, I mean, you explain it. You're probably better explain. What it about me. food? You mean your, your your life in the van? Oh yeah. Well, we don't. Well, our call box doesn't even work. So we never we never have meat in the van. We haven't eaten meat in there. Sometimes we'll go out or have a bit of meat at work or something. JJ will tempt me with a bit of pork belly. Well, that's it. Isn't it? It's like, <laughs> oh, this is going in the bin. So it's waste. You want it? Well, exactly. And if it was going to go in the bin, I'd be like, hell yeah, I'd eat it. Like, I'm not fussy. I don't think eating an animal's wrong. That's mm. thing. But yeah, in the van, it's, I don't know. I guess we have to think about it because we can't go and buy masses amount of food. It's easy for us, like, if we've got a jar of like lentils and stuff, that's like 10 meals if we, you well, know, do that. Nice. And buy, we buy veggies off the market or something, like fresh every other day. And that's, we don't spend hardly anything on food. Obviously, I eat here after work, but I reckon we spend 20 quid a week on food. You don't like, need to spend yeah. much more. I mean, if you go in and buying the ready-made stuff, but if you went if, if you went to the shop with £10, you could buy pasta, you could buy tomato sauce pre... You know, yeah, or chopped you know, tomatoes. Chopped tomatoes garlic, in a tin. They, they last, don't they? Mm-hmm. You could buy garlic, you could buy rice. It doesn't have to be, oh, I've got £10, I've got to make it last a week, I'm going to buy crisps, I'm going to buy chocolate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I'm going to buy these breakfast bars, and I'm, I, it, or even a ready-made bag of chi- like chips. Because sometimes I've done that. You think, oh, this is one pound fifty, and I get like a kg of chips. But again, if you go buy a bag of potatoes, you you can definitely make a lot more. Yeah, and it's going to be nicer. And yeah. you know, you're chopping a potato. Another thing I wanted to bring up was the vegetables and the the salads that are in shops. I mean, we're going to mm-hmm. talk about this in the future. I've got a whole whole post coming on waste and we're going to have another podcast about food waste mm-hmm. and how we're really fussy about our carrots looking like carrots yeah and you know making sure there's no blemishes on our bananas and make sure that the peach is completely perfect and i think that's mm-hmm. such a like standardized like it all has to it's a first yeah. world problem mm-hmm. let's be honest i mean they are cottoning on to it, I think, though, like because they'll sell it now as like wonky carrots and do it really cheap. They'll do like a bag of parsnips. Yeah, like, the other day I saw um, 
what was it? It might have been carrots, and they were all misformed and bent and out of shape. And I thought that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. You know, onions. I think as well. They had some onions that were slightly bruised or damaged. I mean, limes is another one. Mm-hmm. Everyone expects this perfect lime. <sighs> Let's be honest. Oh, the, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we get the limes in now. We just get second second class limes in. Mm-hmm. You know, not only are they cheaper, but we're stopping food waste. Yeah. And I think that's what we need to go forward with. I think that's what all restaurants need to go forward with is. I mean, let's be honest, once you cut a lime up and put it in a drink, it looks exactly the same, whether it's slightly yellow or it's green. Yeah, and if it's By the, the time same, it's in beer, you can't tell what colour it is anyway, <laughs> let's be honest. You know, putting it on the side to squeeze over, the juice is exactly the same. It tastes exactly the same, squeezing it into a cocktail. Mm-hmm. So we brought cheaper limes. And that's not to say we did it out of cost, because we could still buy, you know, we're not trying to save money here. It's, Easter's is one of our veg suppliers. They said to us, you know, we've got all these limes going can you take any off us? We'll do it cheap. And we're like, yeah, brilliant. We're going to help save the world. Save the world one, one lime at a time. time. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think that's a good place to end it here. Um, cool. I'd just like to say thank you to Eloise for joining me on the podcast today. You can find her on her Instagram, which is... Oh, yeah, Eloise Lavington. There you go. Find her on Instagram. Um, I'll link it all in the description of wherever we post this blog. Cool. You can find this blog or post... Uh, on my website www.calmchef.co.uk you can also find it on YouTube we have a YouTube channel uh, you probably have to be signed in because we do swear a bit <laughs> YouTube does like to censor us um, but yeah uh, thank you for listening and uh, eat well <laughs>